don't ask just any real estate agent. You want a real estate agent who also invests and one who understands the market and not just the market like CSNBC understands it, the micro trends that are happening in your area. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, on today's Women Creating Wealth, we're going to answer the question that I get asked all the time as a real estate agent, which is what's going on with the market? How do you do real estate market research? Well, obviously, if you're a real estate agent, it's a lot easier because we've got access to a lot of stuff that you as a consumer don't have. But the good news is it's really easy. So successful real estate agents and successful real estate investors say you make your money when you buy your property. What does that mean? Well, basically, if you pay too much for a property, no amount of fixing it up, no amount of money you can pour into it is going to turn that bad deal into a good investment. So the good news is if the market is going up, that can cover a lot of sins. Let me tell you a story about my friend who I think I'm not going to name because I don't want to embarrass him. But I have this friend, he's a real estate investor, and he believes or somehow in his head, like every house he buys, he doesn't think of it an investment. He thinks of it as what if I had to live in this house? So one particular house I'm thinking about, he had it all fixed up, looked really cute. And he went into the basement and he found like, you know, like a teacup full of water. Like, you know what I mean? Like a little tiny bit of moisture in the basement. And he was like, oh, I can't sell this house with wet, with a damp basement. Now, first of all, half the basements in New England are damp or wet or underwater, but he didn't feel comfortable with that. So what he decided to do was he excavated the entire exterior perimeter of the property and he applied like a waterproofing paint from the outside of the house, okay? Applied like this waterproof paint, did all this, you know, moisture mitigation, put the house, you know, put all the dirt back in, you know, the whole thing. And when he was done, do you think that added $1 to the value of that house? Not $1. It did not add nothing, nothing. All the, I don't know how much, $30,000, dollars $50,000 that he cost to excavate the entire perimeter of the basement and put that stuff on and put everything back together, redo all the landscaping. He did not recoup $1 of that investment. But because the market was with him at that time, right? This was a couple of years ago, the market's going up. So even though that whole process took him a couple of months, the whole time he was doing it, the value of the house was going up. So it really wasn't a big deal. Now, if he tried to do that now, every day that he had that property off the market, he'd be potentially losing money because the market is not jumping up in this area. So it's so vitally important that you know what the market's doing while you're working on your investment, right? If you're doing a flip and the market's going up, hey, you know, take your time. It's not a big deal. You're going to recoup what you have to pay in holding costs while you're sitting there waiting for that property to be finished. But if the market's going down, Every day you're not selling that house, you're potentially losing money, not just the holding costs, but the market is like you're what they call chasing the market down. You're, you know, you're doing more and more work to the property and the price is getting eroded right under your feet. So how do you know what the market is doing? Okay, will watching the news help? Can MSNBC or somebody shed some light on what's happening? Well, 
no matter what you hear the pundits saying about the real estate market, the housing market, two things. One is that they're talking about nationwide trends. That might not apply to your neighborhood. And they're also studying historical data, right? They can't tell you what the market's doing this afternoon. They are telling you how many sales in the last three, six, 12 months, right? That's history. And that can often be too late for you to act appropriately. So in reality, regardless of what's happening nationwide, every neighborhood is different. So you really only care about the neighborhood that you want to invest in, right? The real estate in which you are planning to put your money. And it's better to know what's happening now instead of waiting for some historical data to tell you, hey, you missed a great opportunity, right? So I shouldn't say you don't care about nationwide trends because they can be really useful for perspective and tell you what might be coming, but don't let that blind you to the more important trends that are happening right now in your area. So you can start by looking around the area. Are there a lot of for sale signs? I mean, that this is what the, like the first thing that starts happening first, like you see a house on the market, it's gone, see a house, it's gone, see a house, it's gone. But when they start to sell a little more slowly, those, those sales start to accumulate and you might drive down the road and see three or four for sale signs. And then next week they're still there. So are you seeing a lot of for sale signs or are formerly vacant lots suddenly like sprouting into beautiful condos? I mean, do you see cranes when you look at the skyline, right? By the time you see those cranes on the skyline, we're usually like at least at least three to five years into a market upswing. And when like there's nothing but cranes, it's often too late because now those big developments that take years in the permitting process are going to kind of saturate a lot of markets. So when you see lots of for sale signs, that's a cue, a cue that we're usually in a downswing in the market. And again, when you're seeing those kind of stay around for a while. So you see the same house on the on the market. Like for example, I remember one particular situation. I was helping a guy from out of town, out of the country actually, to buy a property in the town where his son was going to be going to school. And we looked at the thing and that and I looked at one of the properties. I said, oh wow, this one's already been on the market for 11 days. I said, maybe they'll take less for it. And he looked at me. He started laughing, right? He's from another country. That's not the way their market is. He goes, 11 days? I go, oh yeah. Because it had survived the initial open house, right? So you put it on the market on a Wednesday, weekend you have the open house, by Monday you've got offers. And if it's still around the following weekend, you overpriced it, right? So that's the way the market was at that time. Nothing was staying on the market for more than five or six days. So I said, wow, 11 days, we can get this for a deal. And we did. We ended up saving like $20,000. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, that's not what the market's doing now, okay? So to discover what the market is doing, of course, the easiest way is to ask a real estate agent, right? Call me up and say, Chris, what's the market doing? And like I said, for me in Boston, I can go onto my local MLS and I can get all kinds of fantastic data. But it is still possible for you to get that data. But so anyway, you don't want to just ask, you want to ask a real estate agent, but don't ask just any real estate agent. You want a real estate agent who also invests and one who understands the market and not just the market like CSNBC understands it, the micro trends that are happening in your area, right? So like for my real estate investor clients, I've developed several spreadsheets, right? They show market data, not just like this afternoon, from the last 
market downturn until today. So it's going to show you like at least 20 years of historical data. So that's going to show you where the last high point was. And then as we came down and as we came back up and that way you can predict like, so there's some markets that are really stable and they don't grow all that much, but they also don't shrink all that much. So for example, just to use like a local example, there's a suburb of Boston in which the growth in the last 13 years has been about 348%. And the growth in another part of town has been closer to like 150%. So great growth, right? In, In both markets, great growth. But the downturn in the market that had like 248%, their downturn on the, in the last market was like 70%, whereas the other neighborhood was like 5% or 20%, right? So you might want to sell the property that you have in this market that's a lot more volatile, but that you had great growth in that market, but now it's time to sell it. And to wait out the downturn, you want to invest in this other neighborhood, which is going to lay maybe at the most lose like 20% based on historical data. So that helps them to understand and create a strategy for their for future investments. So it can help you to see what's happening now, understand what's happening, and also to anticipate what very well could happen in another market downturn based on what happened last time. Okay. So let's say what if you don't have a real estate agent who you don't trust or you don't you know know somebody well or even that you want to analyze a bunch of different markets and you don't want to have to form relationships with real estate agents in every market me too right when i'm just thinking oh i wonder what's going on in nashville i wonder what's going on in phoenix arizona right you can get some great general information simply by doing searches on real estate sites like zillow and realtor.com and i'm going to show you how So if you're listening to the audio, I'm going to do my best to talk you through it, but you might want to check this out later on YouTube because it'll probably be a little easier to follow. Okay. So what we're going to do now, so I'm going to share my screen. So we're going to start with Zillow and I'm just going to put in the zip code of the area that where I am right now, 01879, Tingsboro, Massachusetts. That's where I happen to be right now. And I'm not looking up what's on the market, okay? I mean, you can. You can say, hey, what's for sale? And basically, it's telling me that there are 10 properties for sale. And then I look at what has sold in the past year. So I go to Zillow, I click sold, and then I go to more. And I want to put a range in there. I don't want like everything that's ever sold since the dawn of time, right? I want to look at things that have sold in the last 12 months. This is not the default. The default is any. You don't want any because it's confusing. So in the last 12 months, how many properties have sold? And then it comes up and tells me 177 properties. So 177 properties have sold in the last year. So 177. And I divide that by 12 because what I really want is how many sales per month. 14.75. So roughly 15 properties per month are selling in this neighborhood, in this area of Tingsboro, okay, in the zip code. And so now I look and I see, then I look at the for sale. So what's for sale? And that's where I get the number of only 10. So that means I have less than a month's worth of inventory. That's not very much inventory. So less than, actually less than five months worth of inventory is still considered a seller's market. So in this town, even though nationwide, we have over 8.4, I think, months of inventory, which is definitely going to a buyer's market. 
here in this town, we're strongly in a seller's market. So that's important for me to know. It's if I'm buying, it's not a great time to buy, right? I'm in a seller's market. I might consider going into a different zip code, but I can also know that because the nationwide trend is definitely towards a buyer's market, I'm assuming that this market is going to eventually slow down, right? And there are a lot of factors of why there's only 10 properties on the market. Part of it is that because of the, see, this is why you need a real estate agent. Part of it is because of the interest rates. Some people are deciding not to buy right now because they don't know what's going to happen. And so this, for the same reason, people are not putting their houses on the market. They're like, I don't think it's a good time to sell. I don't know what's happening with the market, right? People aren't, aren't really wanting to buy. So it's not necessarily indicative of what's really happening in this area, right? It doesn't mean that one of these houses could potentially, if I go and talk to these people, maybe they would want to give me a better price. And that's why you want to know that it's a seller's market or why you want to know when it's a buyer's market, because when it's a buyer's market, more people are trying to sell and people, they're not enough buyers. So if you're coming in as a buyer, you have a lot more leverage because there are a lot of properties for you to choose from. And since you can only pick, well, not necessarily. So there are a lot of people trying, there are more people trying to sell than people trying to buy. So you as a buyer have your choice of property and you can choose the one where the person is the most anxious or desperate to sell and give them a lower price than what they're asking for potentially. Okay. So how do I know whether this is okay? Like there's only 10 properties on the market. You'd think if we're selling 15 a month, boom, 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 these should be gone. But then I go over to realtor.com and I put in the same zip code in here on realtor.com. I put in the same zip code and it tells me there's 11 homes on the market. But what realtor.com tells me that Zillow doesn't, at least not where I can see, is that it tells me how many days on average these properties have been on the market. And it's 50 So why, when we have less than a month's worth of inventory, have these homes been on the market for 50 days? Because the market's slowing down. It's not still not a buyer's market, but it's slowing down. But because there isn't much inventory and people don't realize that it's slowing down, you're seeing the price per square foot go up. So this is a little bit difficult because it's such a tiny sample. I mean, there's only 10 properties that we're looking at. So there could be one property that's out here that's just been sitting here for 600 days and it's throwing off the averages. You've got to do a little bit more research, but hopefully this gives you the general idea of how you can do the same exact research in another market. So let's take another area and just do the same thing just to make sure that you like totally got it. So how about Tulsa, Oklahoma? There's Tulsa, Oklahoma is an area where I know absolutely nothing. Okay. So hopefully we're not going to see eight gazillion properties. So for sale right now. So in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there are 613 homes on the market. Now, one thing that I would do in a in a market like this, if I had my own property to sell is I'd be more specific or if I was going to try to buy, for example, a condo or a single family or whatever, I would definitely you know, narrow it down a little more to make sure that I'm really getting an appropriate trend. So maybe I might put in a house, like see, this has everything. So maybe I would only put in single family homes, for example, and see what that does for me. Not much, 568 listings. (laughs) Wow, lots on the market in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So already I'm saying, I mean, how many could possibly be sold? So now I'm gonna say, okay, what? how many properties have sold in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the last 12 months? 
So I go into more and I say 12 months and 7,838. So that's a lot. Let's see how many months are on inventories. It's 653. So actually, there's only about a month's worth of inventory for sale in Tulsa, Oklahoma as well. So that Tulsa seems to also be in a buyer's, sorry, Tulsa also seems to be in a seller's market. Let's see what realtor.com has to say. So we go into realtor.com, we put in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Might be too big of a market really to get a good uh, sampling. So this one says there's 1,537 homes for sale. You know, I think in general, realtor.com is more reliable than Zillow because this has taken the feeds directly from the MLS. So 1,537. So that's about, let me see. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take, I got 653 for my monthly sales. So it's just over two months. And now I want to go to the bottom of realtor.com and I want to see how many days on the market. Again, this is only two and a half months worth of inventory. You would expect to see that things are only sitting on the market for about 200, you know, a couple months. And that's about right. They're on the market for 45 days. So that's a month and a half. It's still really strong seller's market in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So you can just do this, you know, area by area, zip code by zip code, if you're looking in different neighborhoods. And this gives you a really good idea of what to expect. Because the other thing you're seeing here, the median listing home price per square foot is going up. Sometimes that happens because you have, you know, we're coming out of the summer months and a lot of people don't like to look for properties in the summer months and they actually don't, and they don't want to have their properties on the market in the summer because the kids are home and they have to try to keep it clean and blah, 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 blah. I mean, a lot of areas have a seasonal market like that. So that's where, again, your real estate agent can be very helpful. But by because you're looking at the annual sales, you're dividing it by 12 and then you're using that, you're getting that number for your monthly sales number. You're comparing that to how many properties are currently on the market, okay? And that's gonna give you some great information. So just to sort of tie this up, zero to five months worth of inventory is pretty strong, you know, obviously less strong the closer you get to five, seller's market. When you get to that five to seven months of inventory, that's going to be kind of a neutral market, you know, kind of like you're just as likely to get a great deal as as not, okay? But once you get over like six or seven months of inventory, you're getting into a great buyer's market. And that's what we're anticipating is going to be coming in the United States. We think this because recession, higher interest rates, dot, dot, dot. Every house is different. So the median in Tulsa is 45 days. What if I see a property in Tulsa that's been on the market for 180 days? If those people want to sell, maybe I go in there and I offer them much less than what they're asking. It's obviously they're asking too much or they would have sold it, right? So it's time to start giving them a reality check, make an offer. And if you're not you know, proud and you've got plenty of time and you want to find a fantastic deal, you just send an offer to every single person whose property has been on the market, like maybe twice the average in that area. So in Tulsa, anybody whose property has been on the market for more than 90 days, I'm going to get them, give them a letter. Maybe I'm going to knock on their door. Maybe I'm going to pop a postcard in their mailbox and just say, Hey, you know, do you want to talk about selling your house? Because I'm interested and, you know, maybe I can make you a good deal. Next week, we're going to talk about how do you know how much to offer, which is kind of a science, but there are some things, some tools that you can use to find out 
so that when you're talking to these people whose property is maybe not perfect condition, maybe you're going to have to do some things to bring it up to speed. Sometimes there's a market where everybody who's on the market looking or the majority of people who are looking are first-time buyers. And I'll tell you, first-time buyers, most of them, this is a huge generality, most of the ones around here that I know, they're not interested in taking on a gigantic project, right? They're working. They might not be that handy. They might be like thinking that, you know, I've got, I'm willing to do some stuff, but I mean, I worked with this couple. They actually broke up over it. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but every place we went into, he'd be like, oh, you know, I don't like this color of the bedroom, you know? And she'd be like, well, so we'll paint the bedroom. Like, I'm not, I don't want to buy a new house and I have to paint the bedroom. So Everybody's different, but a lot of new home buyers have like a magical idea of home buying. And so they just want to buy a house where they can walk in, hang up the clothes and, you know, live there and that's it. So as a person who maybe is handy and who's looking for a deal, you might be able to sweep in and look at some of these properties that need some work and maybe you'll get a great deal at some for something that only needs cosmetics, but you're probably not going to get a great deal on the very first house you offer on is what I'm trying to say. So you're going to want to put in multiple offers and you're going to need to know when's it a good offer and when am I potentially going to lose my shirt? Because I'm anticipating based on the market data that I'm seeing nationwide that the market is starting to kind of crest and that it might start to head down. So I don't want to buy a place, pay too much, have more repairs than I thought it was going to have and end up you know, chasing the market down like we talked about before. So next week, we're going to talk about that aspect. But for now, I hope this has helped you to understand how to do your market research to at least have a good idea of where we are. Is it a market that's going up? Is it a market that's cresting? Or is it a market that's going down? If you have any questions, you can pop them in the YouTube chat. I reply to all the comments on YouTube. You can email me, text me, whatever. And if you want to learn more, hey, take my class. (laughs) Have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week with more tips to give you more money, more options, and more fun. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.